This is episode 44 of the Gamer Sushi Show. This week we talk about Mass Effect 3, including spoilers. Assuming direct control. Hi, welcome to the Gamer Sushi Podcast. I'm Eddie. I'm Jeff. I'm Anthony. I'm Mitch. And we are beardless. Well, maybe one of you has a beard. I have a beard. I have a beard. Yeah. Okay, well, we're not beardless, but we are beardless. Cause we don't I keep have a man. continual 5 o'clock shadow. Okay, well, maybe all of us should have grown beards, and then we could have made up for the fact that Nick wasn't here. You can't grow go. a beard. I can't grow one, so we're just screwed. Put <laughs> uh, one on, and then you'll be fine. I'll be, I'll be evil Eddie. Yeah. If I grow that's, it. that's if you glue on a goatee. A goatee. Evil Almost Eddie. Like I wonder if Evil Eddie will troll more or less. Probably less. Evil Eddie Probably will less. actually be really courteous. <laughs> exactly. Like that's evil what would be scary about it. Frighteningly cur- courteous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Eddie, so, did you just give me a compliment? What's going on? What's happening? Listen, I, I don't just I don't insult people. Eddie, why did you wait for someone to finish their thought? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I like how when I was gone, everyone was commenting like, "This was the best cast yet," and like yeah, they weren't being facetious. Like they were like, "The cast just really flowed really well this week, guys." I'm like, "Thanks." <laughs> we don't know why, but for some unspecified reason, it was so much better. <laughs> it was better, and it was less brown, and didn't quite put my finger on it. Racism. <laughs> <laughs> racism. That's why Anthony was on it. I'm a non-white. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. So this Dragon's week, Dogma this week, right? Dragon's Dogma. We are gonna skip. We're gonna skip everyone's favorite session. Uh, six minutes of Resident Evil Six. Because, <laughs> yeah. Because we are going to talk about Mass Effect Three. Well, that uh, came out, didn't it? A fairly yeah, it did. Um, a fairly spoiler-filled talk of Mass Effect Three, except for the ending. Um, although, did we decide? Am I leaving? And then you guys are gonna talk about the ending for like ten minutes. We can talk about. We could do that because I really want to get Jeff's thoughts on it because he beat yeah. the game five. Jeff, like, Jeff literally just beat it. So, oh. so yeah, mea, mea culpa. I literally, two minutes ago before we started recording, finished the very last scene of the game. I like ran upstairs because I thought the, it was the credits and there was nothing else. And then I come back down because my console's still on and there's another thing there. So, yeah, literally just finished it so it's fresh and he did it he did it in a very timely manner too so oh, i'm the worst, <laughs> the worst human being ever they yeah sh- but we were paragons we waited for you they sat here hanging out because i thought that i'd be finished like an hour earlier than i was <laughs> we had a chance to interrupt but we actually just let it fly by and we're like no it's fine paragon interrupt hug yeah. Anyway, so uh, so they're all my bestest friends, and I love them forever. And I just finished the game, and we can talk about it a lot. So yeah, so we're going to be spoiler filled, talking about things that happened in the game up until, for me, up until Sanctuary. Yeah, I've, I'm just about to start Sanctuary, which is pretty much the final act of the game. Or would you say Thessia starts the final act? Thessia's. Yeah, Thessia is the like after after the guest stuff, stuff is over. It's like the third act. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about everything up until that. To that point, oh yeah, I'm. They're telling me to stop knocking. I'm like talking with my hands. I've got a pin in my hand, and I'm hitting the desk every single time I emphasize anything. I'm not. I'm not editing that out. By the That's way, fine. I'm just. Um, I didn't realize I was doing it, so it's good. That I could. I would have gone the whole cast doing it. I just have um, this mental image of you like sitting at the uh, 
Like in 12 Angry Men. Well, no, in the Oval Office. I'm picturing him as like President yeah. Eddie, just like. I'm doing like, I'm, I'm doing like the Bob Dole pen. Yeah. That's the, yeah. Uh, See, the funny thing is I forgot the N in knocking, so it just says stop cocking in the chat log. I just I'm thought like, that was well, a way I'm for always, Eddie stop trolling. I'm, I'm always like, doing no, that. He's, just, he's, he's that. just cocking. Um, cocking, dropping, and locking. Um, so we're going to talk about Mass Effect 3. I don't really know how to launch into this except to say you should stay away if you don't want spoilers. Um, or you're heartbroken, <laughs> apparently. And then, and then, yeah, we'll get to a certain point, and then I'll drop out, and you guys talk about the ending. Um, and I want to stay away from talking about all the hoopla around the ending, too, because we can easily do a whole thing about that. Um, yes. So let's just Probably talk about the actual week. game. And as we get to the ending, we can talk a little bit about the reactions, and I'll bail, because I, I really don't want to be spoiled on it. Um, no, I really don't want you to, either. I'm, I've, I've told Eddie, like, any time of night you beat it, you call me. I really want to talk. I'm going to finish it tonight at 4 a.m. I'm just going to stop everything. And just... <laughs> I'll be waiting for your phone call. Um, so anyway, Mass Effect 3, I am I'm loving it. I loved, I, I, I loved my experience playing the game, um, and I, I did enjoy uh, the ending. We're not going to talk about that. I loved the game like while I was playing it. Mass Effect is one of those franchises, when I'm playing it, I am completely obsessed with it. Uh, like, it just, I want... I start Googling like space opera because I want to read more books like this. I want to read all the Mass Effect novels. I want to just the comic books, the graphics, one of the soundtracks. I know I don't, but that'll pass. Don't just, worry. Just, yeah, just read like, some Ian and Banks or some Peter F. Hamilton or some something like that. That is exactly what I've been uh, Googling. But that's how I always feel when I play this because I just love it so so much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, or what were you gonna say? No, you go. It, it's it's. You know, because I, I know I was notorious for like what six months <laughs> finishing Mass Effect Two, but um, now, now you're notorious for this tonight. But well, I know um, you and Mass Effect games. We just need to watch out. Apparently, so podcast Mass, strife. Mass Effect Four comes out. <laughs> Look out! Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, I felt like this one. I never had the even the slightest desire to put it down and stop playing. Like the only thing that kept me from playing it was going to sleep or going to work. <laughs> was yeah, life. Yeah. yeah. There I, are occasionally reading a book, you know, that's how I feel too. There, there were some, there are some issues I have with the game, but despite those issues, I still love the game. It's okay, a great. Let's, game. let's, let's get a little bit more specific. Let's talk about the things that we, that we really love and then kind of hover around those topics. Cause I feel like all of us could kind of give, like, I can sit here and just be like, I love it, man. <laughs> yeah. um, the interesting things that, you know, I, I know a lot of people were worried about the multiplayer before it, it came out that, you know, that uh, Bioware was going to add something in that felt tacked on. And I have to say, I mean, never having played the, the Call of Duty multiplayer, but I have to feel like this, this was really well done multiplayer. And the way that it plays out in the single player and ties in... I thought that was really well done. I mean, it, it made a lot of sense from a story perspective, and it also just... You also see, like, a, you know, because we played the multiplayer first in the demo before the game came out, and then we played a good chunk of multiplayer early on when everybody was, like, really just in the first part of their single-player campaign. But the interesting thing I noticed was that, like, the skills you learn fighting the enemies in the multiplayer, you learn how the... Uh, Cerberus guys have, you know, the Cerberus guys have certain tricks like the Centurion throws smoke bombs and the Guardian has a shield. 
Phantoms yeah, yeah. are cheap. You learn what abilities to use to get past those. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I started thinking, all right, I know I'm on a Cerberus mission next. I need to bring a sniper rifle in case there are Centurions or Guardians, you know? Right. And I feel like that's actually, like, skills that tie in really closely to the multiplayer. Like, they were both teaching you how to play the other mode, which I thought was really cool. I mean, that was one thing that I really liked was that I was really impressed with the multiplayer, and I'm only sad that I didn't actually get time to play as much multiplayer as I wanted to. Before we can still go back and play it. I didn't get to play hardly any because it never worked out with our schedules. Mm. Um, but I still would like to play more, even though I finished the game. Yeah, me too. Um, I want to turn my engineer into a war asset because once you hit level twenty, you can sort of prestige and like your character becomes a war asset that you can put yeah. into the the single player game. And you can just start start your class over. So I want to do that. I want to do that with my Sentinel because then I want to try another class. See, yeah, I've got com- a Turian Commander, soldier. Commander would be a very valuable asset to my Shepherd's battle, but I don't know if I want to lose the experience of getting to play play as him because Commander is a tank. You can just rebuild Commander, Pio. Yeah, he won't be. He won't be the same. He won't be my Commander. Com- Commander like to Electric Durfalu. Yeah. Oh God, that's great. So, so that's actually a funny, like, that's funny you mentioned that. Um, I was affected by the bug because if you had created a custom femshep, it was only for the female shepherds, right? No, 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 it was for the male shepherds. Oh, for the male shepherds. Yeah, so I had a custom shepherd. I had a custom shepherd, and so I ended up, like, going ahead and just making a, a brand new facial design for mine, and I actually thought that that worked out just fine. Like, I thought it was going to be a problem at first, but... Even though I made a shepherd that looked fairly different from the one I... I mean, reasonably different. Well, she dyed her hair, so... <laughs> <laughs> she dyed her hair. No, the, I couldn't get the face. I couldn't get the face quite the same either, so I changed some other stuff, but... You know what's really wild is... Because we talked about that, and I kind of want to do a feature about it, but I want to finish the game first. Mm-hmm. But just the idea that, like, it's so crazy that... Like, in the demo, the demo just felt off to me, and I couldn't tell what it was, but I think a lot of it was that it wasn't my shepherd. Yeah. Um, like because some of the same like the same sections I played at the beginning of the game felt so different than they did in the demo even though I was like in the demo they give you some basic choices to make I'm like it still he still wasn't the sum of all of my experiences in Mass Effect yeah. um, and so it was crazy like how much I identified with it and this is something we were talking about before the podcast but I'll just go ahead and jump into it now there's so much stuff going on in the background of this game that it's absurd to even think about all the different possibilities. Like, I know that a lot of people are complaining about, like, oh, this game feels like your choices don't matter, but, like, there's so much stuff they're paying off from the first two games that's ridiculous that... You don't know what you're missing. Yeah, you know, and, and what I was saying earlier was that the best special effects are the special effects that you don't see, like in movies and stuff, and I feel like it's it's so hidden in this game that people are, are yeah, what Anthony said, they don't know what they're missing. Because when you really think about it, like, what would that the Geth Quarian thing have looked like if you never activated Legion or if Tally died in your suicide run or both. Mm-hmm. Um, what a lot of people don't know is that Morden can actually can live because he dies and like he dies like in mine he dies, he dies if you do the renegade option, but he actually can live if you kill Rex in the first game and if Eve dies before you get to um to the what's it called? To the tower or whatever that you're trying to get Shroud. To the shroud, yeah. So, so basically, it's like if you had chose to kill Rex and then do a really bad job with Eve, like yes, Eve. yeah, yeah. If you don't save like Malin's data are, from two, some people. There was this girl on uh, Twitter I was uh, 
going back and forth with the other day because she was saying that Bioware lied that you do need to play the multiplayer in order to get the best ending. And, uh, you know, I explained to her, no, you don't. I barely, I mean, I didn't touch the multiplayer, like, at all. I played, like, three rounds of it um, and still got, you know, the great, you know, the third choice and the best ending that I think I could get. Um, So, but the thing is, like, your choices in the other games affect this. So you may not be able to get as high of a war asset score yes. uh, because of their choices in the other game and your choices in this game, too. If you choose to say, screw you to the Quarian and, and kill them and you only get the Geth fleet, well, your score is not going to be as high as if you'd yeah. gotten made peace with them and got the you... Geth and the Quarian. You know, you know what's crazy about that? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you know what's crazy about that choice? It was written kind of weirdly when you're making it, when um, when Legion starts activating the the right, activating yeah. the code. It was written kind of weirdly. I thought I was choosing the Geth over the Corian, and I didn't. And then and then it was like, oh, we got both. I was like, oh, sweet, because I was like, like I sat there staring at the screen forever because I I thought that I was choosing the Geth over the Corian because yeah. I was like, you know what? Like the Corian started all this. They wouldn't be in this mess. I'm gonna have to choose the Geth right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I yeah, thought the, I thought I was making, I thought I was doing it. I thought I, was, is, I like, thought I was going to totally lose the Koreans, and I still made the decision. <laughs> the thing is, like after the mission where you're inside like the Geth consensus or whatever, and you yeah. see the history of the Geth and the Koreans, I'm like, yeah, f the Koreans, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's one By of my way, favorite mission, missions in the game. It, there's I like no the fighting. I like yeah. the lore of that mission, but I did not care for the actual like just Basically. shooting the, the blocks yeah, and everything. That, that, that's fair, but I think they like, could have made it a lot shorter for what you had right. to do. I think yeah, story, I think story, yeah. story wise, oh, yeah. those were the most interesting beats. Oh, easily, yeah. By far. No, like getting. I love the Geth Dreadnought. I love the design of that mission. Yeah, it was so that interesting was cool. compared to everything when, else. When you're I, doing it, the spacewalk, yeah, uh, and you can see the battle going on, that was so cool. And More you're doing, doing kind of upside down, and yeah, yeah. That was really so, neat. I like that. Go ahead. I do have I do have one small complaint about like the choices thing. Like so many of your choices, you're right, you do matter, and there's a lot going on behind the scenes that you don't see. But I felt that the Rachni Queen for such a huge decision in Mass Effect that One was, yeah, was paid off very poorly. Because if you save the Rachni Queen in one, then, then she, she gets captured by the, the Reapers. One. Yeah, she's the one yeah. there at the end. And if you kill the Rachni Queen in one, then like the I Reapers did. just build their own Rachni. Yeah. So the Reapers build their own Yeah, I was like, who, who is this? I was like, what is even going on? Yeah, and then like... It, you you can choose then to save her again, you know, or like say, okay, well, this time you can join us, or you can choose to kill her again. I chose this time, okay, well, I need your help against the Reapers, so this time you can come with me. And then she betrays you, and mm. you lose like some of your war assets, but uh, it just shows that, up that, as a little... That actually did just, not... No, that didn't happen to me. Oh really? So, yeah, I saved her in the first one, and then I saved her in this one, and I got Rachni to help build the Crucible. Yeah, no, that no, only no. happens you, if you kill that her. That only in the happens if you one. kill her the first time. I didn't. I, I don't remember killing her the first time. I let her go the first time. Yeah. So then, right, so right. yeah. So the so thing Anthony's talking about is if you kill her and oh, then save her. Yeah, oh, okay. this option not would not would never appear to you. But what's annoying is she betrays you, so you lose some of your war assets. But it just shows up as like a little icon in the, in the bottom, like you know. Queen Rachni betrayal war asset upgrade you know like update or whatever and then you find out that you lost some so it's like yeah it was this big thing that I like I was always that's the one I'm like oh my Rachni decision is that going to come back to bite me on the ass oh it's no. kind of disappointing yeah yeah like yes, yeah like but, I say I save the Rachni and I sacrifice that 
you know, that Krogan, that's one of the most, more badass scenes when Grunt comes out of the cavern. Yes. I, th- I thought he was dead. I thought, I thought, yeah. I totally thought that they well, this, this game has no problem with killing oh, off yeah. like everyone. But anyways, especially uh, the people that aren't in your actual party. I'm like, Oh God, they're all going to die. Yeah. They're all like, <laughs> the they're ones all like, that are on your kill. ship, but aren't in the party. Yeah. yeah. There was one night where Eddie was just texting me like another one just died. Oh no. <laughs> no, dude, you know what really affected me is when Morden died. Cause he was my favorite character. Yeah. yeah I love effect series. Um, so I like I like I got I got on the verge of getting misty about it because I was like oh my god like when he died and he was singing the song to himself yes uh, but then what killed me is right after the mission I went down to the memorial wall because after every single mission and I want to talk about this in a second that's when uh, you texted me yeah after every single mission I go around and talk to everyone in the Normandy because I think it's so cool because like in the last game uh, my friend from Bioware was telling me in the last game every character in the Normandy really only had five to eight conversations, if that. He says in this one, they have like, they, it's ridiculous how many they've got. Um, there's ambient dialogue of them just talking and you not interacting. They move around mm-hmm. on the ship. There's something that they say to you after every mission, pretty much, uh, which I think is yeah. awesome. And it's one yeah, of my favorite even, parts of the game. They even actually talk to each other. Like, you can go yeah. up and you can see Garrison Joker, like, telling each other jokes. Oh, God, the yeah. Garrison Joker scene is amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Jeff, did you catch that one? I think I caught part of it. Or it's after it's after you cure the genophage. If you go up to the cockpit, like right oh, after no, you cure no, it, didn't, so. and they're telling like racist jokes, <laughs> racist yeah. ish jokes, and it was like one of them was like, "What's the like? How do you?" God, it was like, um, "What does a Turian do when he runs out of ammo?" And it's like he beats you with the stick up his ass. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, or why do the why does the alliance hire pilots with brittle bone disease so the marines have someone to beat in hand to hand drills? <laughs> nice. but yeah. Um, anyway, I love all that stuff. But yeah, so like as soon as every mission's over, I run around and see what everyone's saying. Um, and I went down immediately. Went down to the crew deck, and Morden's name was on the memorial wall, like right after the mission, and it it got me. I was like, oh my god, are you kidding me? The memorial wall's a nice touch. Yeah, it is. It, it is one of the things that's um, interesting is because I I play my uh, character as a renegade, but you know a renegade who looks after his crew and everything. Um, I'll sacrifice a civilization, but I'm not going to sacrifice a member of my crew. The exception being when I killed Samara and let Morn take her place, um, just because that was I a big thing to do. Can't believe you did that. I know. <laughs> I, can't was, ima- I can't imagine. I can't imagine was, that mission with. Morinth instead. I mean, it, would it be her? Would she even go there? Well, she pretends to be uh, Samara. Samara. Like that. Yeah. Like, uh, like whenever she you have her, I'm sure if you have her in. Oh. Well, no, no, no. Okay, I, I was going to say something else, but let me go on to the Morinth tangent real quick. If you did what I did, which is you know kill Samara and let Morinth take her place, you don't get that Samara mission in Mass Effect. I looked this up. Oh really? What happens is on the final mission, you know, when you're on Earth, like fighting. The very first Banshee you see is named Morinth. Oh, Instead of the weird. word Banshee, oh. it's Morinth. And she was huh. like, and she was, you know, taken by the Reapers. That's and wild. Because I like paused the game. I'm like, and that was to me so disturbing because it's just like some things are happening it was someone you know, outside you. my control. Yeah. You know I mean, it's like, yeah. That's, and then I thought back, like, that would have been a great thing in this game if that had actually happened more. If we'd run into, like, yeah. for instance, well, so Jacob, and he was, like, a, you know, indoctrinated or a husk or something like as that. Opposed to, as opposed to Jacob just standing in line the entire just game. standing in line. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that can apparently happen to another one of your squad mates. Like, if you don't rescue Jack on yeah, uh, she gets Christmas Academy. Into a, a, 
uh, oh really she gets a phantom yeah, yeah. Oh, i really? feel like that would have given a lot of emotional resident resonance to to the threat of the reapers that should have happened a little bit more yeah well that's no a good that, point. she turned she gets turned into a cerberus assassin uh, by the way that was one of my complaints about the game too much cerberus not enough reapers yeah i felt that too Really? Yeah, just like every there. mission was just like, God, the fucking Cerberus, like everywhere. <laughs> yeah, there's a war dude, going on, guys. If Cerberus had enough troops. Why didn't they just go through the collector relay themselves? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or why didn't they just, hey, why don't you attack the Reapers instead of me and we might get, solve this fucking thing? You know, it was just kind of uh, yeah, annoying. Okay. What was I even talking about before all this? So, wait, um, so, so did you? Morden, not- yeah. Um, real quick. The thing is, I was going to not cure the Genophage, I was going to sabotage it, but Morden convinced me otherwise oh. you know, he was so convinced of eve and and you know she's going to change things for the krogans and this and that that i was like oh fuck it like the only way i could like still sabotage him is if i kill morden and i'm yeah. not going to kill morden so he actually convinced me and then he dies anyway i was crushed <laughs> i was crushed it was Dude, so when he, bad when he yells out i made a mistake that's actually like that really got me yeah, Wait, yeah. When, when does he do that if you try and if you try and convince him that he's the one who wanted to like stop the genophage cure in the first place and he's the one who modified the genophage like, like he tried to so renegade it yeah, yeah. He, he yells out that he made a mistake by doing that no dude, you know what's crazy is after i mentioned this to you guys a minute ago after thessia i went to the cockpit and talked to joker i don't know if you guys got this scene or not um i went to the cockpit and talked to joker and joker he like made a joke about it like and he was yeah. like too soon um yeah and i picked the option that was like people died and like him and Shepard have like an argument, like they yell at each other, and I was oh, like, damn. "Yeah, I was." I, Anthony, I did you that. get that? No. I, what was that? The renegade option or the paragon? I, it might it have sounds been like the, a paragon option. I think it, it might sounds have been like the, the paragon, paragon option. option. I so picked renegade, like, so I did not get that. So I picked it, and like, and and Shepard was like, "What is wrong with you? Why are you always cracking jokes?" And then he, and then Joker gets pissed off, and he's like, "You want you want to know why?" And then. Oh, and because Shepard's like, we're in the middle of a war. Why can't you understand that? And Joker's like, you want to, you want to know what I understand? And then he pulls up a map, and he was like, this is where my dad and where my sister live, and it's getting attacked by Reapers. So yeah, I get that we're in a war. And then they start like yelling at each other, and I was like, this is wild, <laughs> you know. You, um, um, I, I love this, the character interaction in this game. It, it is really great. Did you get the um, after Thessia? If you have Javik. Liara and Javik get into this great big argument with each other. Now, see, I um, I, I, I Paragon interrupted that because she starts powering up her biotic powers. I was like, oh shit! And I uh, Paragon interrupted it, but I was like, man, I kind of wish I had seen what she was gonna do. Oh no, no, she she just backs down like you're okay. not worth it. You know, like, <laughs> it's everything. But yeah, because you know they discover that the the goddess that they or the god or whatever that they sorry worship was actually a Prothean. I really and, uh, want to take Javik on Thessia. And see what he says during that scene. Yeah, see, I, I, I want. To I didn't do... get that scene. I didn't get that fight between Liara and, and Javik. Yeah, see, that's why I run around after every to... single. Yeah. You have to go right down there and talk to him in his little cargo area. Um, the thing with Javik is, it's not crucial, but it, like, if you I don't, don't think, if you I don't, don't, I think it was a mistake for it not to be DLC. I mean, for I, it to be I, DLC. I agree because if you don't, if you don't buy it, you don't know what you're missing. Yeah. But once you buy it, you're like. How, How is this not? Buddy, this 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 is crucial, like yeah. stuff, like this is big stuff, and. But it, I mean, couldn't you I say the, the same thing about the Shadow Broker DLC? I mean, I, I feel like the Shadow Broker DLC is such a huge, big deal. Yeah, I was talking I to someone about this, and they were like, they were like, it. I don't. It's, rem- it's one of those things where you can say it's either. He's like, it, it it goes both ways. It's either a mistake in the game, or it's just it just. 
it's just an example of how good the DLC is where you're like, oh man, this is crucial. And Shadow Broker was kind of the same way because it was really crucial to establish Liara as Shadow Broker and to bridge the gap a little bit. Um, and so it's like, it's, it's an interesting question. Like, is it the fault of the game or is it just a shot? Like, that's how good the DLC is that makes you feel important. For in this instance, I feel like it was a mistake. Not yeah. Yeah. If, if, the deal, if the DLC was bad, like, who, who wins there? You know, it's just like, okay, well, we released the Well, the, the thing with the, the Shadow Broker is if you don't buy it, you know, when you get Mass Effect 3, she's still the Shadow Broker and they just don't explain it. Uh, so, you know, like, I, I, other than her becoming the Shadow Broker and everything, I don't really, I loved Layer of the Shadow Broker, but I don't really remember what about it was so crucial to set up Mass Effect 3, but I feel like Javik, um, gives a lot of like he gives a perspective that nobody else in that yeah. universe has and it's really interesting there's this you know i was talking to i was talking shepherd was talking to javik and um <laughs> there he, you know he mentions the salarians or whatever and he's like the salarians have evolved and he's like yeah he's like they used to eat flies in my time like he's just a funny fucking guy he's an arrogant prick like but he's got a real like like i said he's his perspective on the universe is not like anyone else any other characters and like it's I said, still, if you don't buy it, you don't crucial. know what you're missing. But if you do it, you're like, how could anybody play the game without this? Yeah, it feels very crucial. Yeah. Um, from what I understand, he he really wasn't intended to be part of the game, and he really mm-hmm. was added after. And then right, once, yeah. and so, which is interesting because it doesn't feel like that. It feels like because he is them. integrated so well. <laughs> yeah. It feels yeah. like he was removed. so so well, much better than like uh, Zaid was. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. But yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. I, I think that's a sign of that they did a really good job with the yeah. DLC, mm-hmm. and people are just pissed off that it was so good and released at the same time as the the full game. You know. Yeah. Well, actually, like, yeah. Once people played it, they kind of backed off. But before they played it, they were like, "No, this was part of the game," and they'd cut it and this and that. But I, mean, I think I they've never, started to. I never had him in my party ever. Like I used. To I had him, him in my party one he time. Was pretty, he was pretty good. He's actually a beast. I had him on my party one time, and he was useless because it was the Geth Dreadnought, and he was useless. Oh, yeah. Like, totally useless. And I was like, man, screw this guy, and then put him back in. Oh, yeah, Tally and Garrus for that. I usually keep uh, biotics in in my party, like, at all times. Yeah. Well, well, for all the Geth missions, I just started doing, yeah, Tally and Garrus, and then Overload Sabotage just rocks everything. Yeah, Yeah, it does. Uh, One of the things is, I didn't love... I didn't love my squad mates this time. I really loved everybody in Mass Effect 2 because there were so many, you know, you could choose from yeah. this time. And this time I, I kept waiting for, like, more to be added like, yeah, every single time. I was like, really? James, and then I got... James is lame. Ashley's lame. Oh, dude, James they made is... Ashley, like, super lame this well, time. So, so She's, like, constantly Ashley. harping you about Cerberus. And I'm like, bitch, they're trying to kill me. I ain't with Cerberus. So, after so she, Ashley. I was telling Mitch, after she became, like, a Spectre and wanted to join the join the Normandy again, I refused. I wouldn't let her. <laughs> like, she she did never join my squad again. Still after the first ass off yeah, my ship. That's that's your problem. You should have let her die and kept Kaiden because he was. Mu- I mean, he does. I so know that, stuff. but I killed Kaiden because he was Karth, and I was tired of him. See, that's another thing. I'm what, how, like, how different is this game with with Kaiden in it? Too. I know. Did all three I, of you guys play with Ashley? Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, because because that's the thing. I I like Kaiden. He has some of the same criticisms where he's like, he doesn't trust you because you're with Cerberus, but I mean, I've never had a problem with that character. I didn't understand why she didn't trust me because I was with Cerberus, because she is a racist, xenophobic <laughs> bitch, and Cerberus is a racist, xenophobic organization, so what's your fucking problem? You're a charter yeah. member. You know what's interesting about... Um... 
earlier we were talking, Anthony, you were talking about like how like your kind of point of view of Shepard with the game is that like you do all the renegade options and you'll sacrifice a galaxy but not your your teammates. I look and out for my homies. Yeah, and what's cool about that is that you know my 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 terribleness in games is well documented. Like that, I just play like a jerk in every game. But in Mass Effect Three, like I can't, and it's really crazy. Like I, I'm way more Paragon this time, and it's cool because we've talked before about how there's no character development in in you those are kinds the of games. And it's good, but I feel like it's only possible in those kinds of games if you do something like what they did with Mass Effect, that you string together three games over the course over the course of which your decisions evolve, and so. For, for me, my shepherd is now, he was like this hard ass, but now it's like he sees that he needs needs people. You know what I mean? And so now he's like for like this is the way I view it for my shepherd is that like he sees that he needs other galaxies and needs cooperation and and he like has to have them and he'll do whatever it takes to get them, but not in like an ass way this time. So I'm like I'm like totally good to my friends, totally good to the people that like I need. But I'm a jerk that to anyone that stands in my way. So I actually do pick Paragon uh, Renegade options quite a bit, and I Renegade right, interrupted yeah. and totally punched the shit out of that one Corian Admiral <laughs> when he almost right, got when he almost got killed. Because <laughs> he fired on me and my people while we're in there. Yeah. Fuck him. Well, my yeah. Fa- my favorite is when you run across the reporter who harasses you. Who I and she dodges. <laughs> well, no, I punched her. The f- what is it in two? Yeah. You punched two, yeah. Her. So this time I punched so her, fun. and then then I headbutted her. <laughs> Yes. Well, because she dodges the first one. It's like she's been taking some self-defense classes. <laughs> By the way, speaking of reporters, I forget the reporter's oh, name God. that you let on your ship. Oh, you Diana Allard. Yeah, I have, I have an issue. It's it's a little creepy for a girl who is on IGN to allow herself to be put into this game with a big giant ass as a romance option for nerds to have sex with. I just Ooh. think it's creepy. Also, she's a terrible voice actor. She is that a terrible too. voice actor, yeah. That's you know, you know and, and you trainer was hit on her the entire time. Yeah. You know whose voice performance is actually really good is Freddie Prince Jr.'s as James. I don't like the yes. character of James. Yeah, no, I don't really like, I don't like the design of him, but like he's actually really good. No, he he like, looks like Chris, he looks like the, the Carmine brother that, you know, lived yeah. <laughs> and went on to another uh, you know, galaxy or whatever, but and his character wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Yeah, I thought it would be bad. But I just didn't like the design, and I just I never wanted to bring him along. I did. Get, I was I was a total ass to him. I was so nice and sweet to everyone on my team except him, because when he was when he was like he's all like fronting on me, and I'm like, do you know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I'm Shepherd. Fucking Shepherd. <laughs> this is my ship. Yeah, and then the thing when he was like, I don't know if I should join the you know the N seven Marines and this and that or whatever, and I was you know I was a hard ass on him the entire time. Like you better shape up. This is an honor, and you better take it. And that, but I didn't even care. I was just like, I don't care. I mean, did you guys do the the boxing scene with him? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I really, I really liked that scene actually. That was pretty cool. I waited was, politely was... until I could Paragon interrupt him because <laughs> it kept flashing Renegades, and I'm like, nope, I'm gonna wait. <laughs> I was par- I was I was Renegading him. I was like, man, at this guy, he thinks he. Thinks I was hitting the trigger when it wasn't even there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree with you that like, see, my, my my favorite part of the game was was the character development. But it, I, I sort of experienced it from, I really liked seeing all the payoffs of all the characters that you met from the previous games. So, I mean, as, as far as... What it, was like, it was like, Shepard, this is your life, because you just kept right. running into people yeah. <laughs> you didn't even remember. 
Yeah, and you run into him like more than once in some cases where it's like you know you're you see him. And hey, what did you guys? What did you guys do with um? Was it is it, uh Chambers? What's her name? Kelly Chambers. Uh, the, Kelly Chambers. I never, I never what found her. She never showed up for me. Oh, she was oh. yes, because she shows up in the refugee refugee. See, refugee I, can't, I can't remember if me and her did it at the end of two. Oh, we did it. Me and her. I did. think we, we did, might like, have because we were Miranda being very flirty two. with each other in three still. I did her and Miranda in two, and I did Miranda again in this game. Yeah, and, you, uh, you get to do Miranda pretty early. Do you get to do her again? Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Really? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> oh, no, no. Um, I only the one thing just before when she meets you in the Citadel. The oh, okay. Time. That's what I was asking. I thought maybe you got to okay. do again at the, tra- uh, at the traditional, like, prior to the final run of Doom. Done well, so many so I actually thought they, they handled, well, at least from my perspective, I thought the rom- romance was handled pretty well this time around because um, I felt like in the, in the it's either in one or two where you literally get the achievement when you're having sex. And so this time around, uh, you know, because I, I mentioned before that I, I romanced Liara in the first game, um, Garrus in the second one, and then rekindled it with Liara and the Shadow Broker. And in the third one, I was just like, Liara again, and it was actually like a really cool story arc that way. Like that's actually you had a like, hankering, you had a hankering for some blueberry. Huh? I heard, well, I heard Liara is actually the most satisfying absolutely, uh, absolutely. love interest. Yeah, I, mean, I bet she is. Well, no, there was, there was, it was really well written. Like there, there was so much emotional impact in those scenes. Like it was, it, like it was like a love relationship. No, seriously, it wasn't just like I feel like I, I, I shot young, down your girlfriend, man. I. St- I well, shot that, down Liara early because I was holding out for Miranda. <laughs> see, here's the thing. I actually was like, I was going to pick Liara because I was like, I kind of like the idea that they're, because I, I like their friendship. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I kind of like the idea that they were like platonic friends. It that, pays like, off later up. too, by the way. Yeah, they're like hook up friendship. or whatever. Um, and so I was like, I kind of like that idea that they were like, yeah, those best friends that finally hook up. But then as soon as I got the Miranda scene and they like did one of the shots of her butt and she was like, are we still together? And I was like, yep. Like I didn't even hesitate. I was like, why did I do that? I was holding out for Liara. Like I just, just like, yep. Yeah. But, you saw, you saw some of dead ass and you went for it. Yeah. And so I, I was kind of ashamed of myself, but I really. All the women have shapely asses. I Miranda, still... Miranda's camera angles are particularly shameless ridiculous uh, i only i only banged her in the second because it was the girl from chuck and i just i held out for again because i just i still love that girl i but what i love is that they're still like platonic friends and like there's there's a scene with them when liara is basically making the time capsule Uh, that scene was so good like so good there's another one later on near the final mission that you're really gonna like nice well and, and i love that like, I'm, I'm curious what you guys picked, but like I, I loved that scene so much, especially from the angle of like here are these two people that like haven't had this romance, like they just care about each other, you know. And she's kind of stuck by him all this time, um, and he's stuck by her. And there's no like romantic weirdness, like with Ashley, who's like demanding, well, why, why were you with Cerberus? Why weren't you with me? And like, um, but I love that scene so much, and and I just thought it was such good writing. It was so cool when she kind of gives you a choice, like how how do you want to be remembered? You know, um, and I don't know what you guys picked. I picked, um, I picked just beyond. No, I, I picked. I'll let you decide. Yeah. And see, I didn't get that scene either. I didn't get a time. Oh, you didn't? Yeah. You did. That's like a big scene. You gotta after every mission, man. You gotta go and 
I didn't, get it, I didn't get it the first playthrough. I got it my second playthrough. Oh, really? Yeah, Jeff, yeah. it's such a great scene because, yeah, it's like she's putting together this thing, like, in case everyone's wiped out, she's putting together a thing for the next generations yeah. to find. Like the Prothean capsules. Honestly, and so, I, only go, I only go talk to them if it tells me to talk to them. or if Well, I that was the one where they said Liara wants to speak with you in your cabin. Yeah, you go to your cabin and you call her in there. Really? Because so, I, I talked to... Yeah, I, I never... Sounds I, like fucking trainer dropped the ball. <laughs> no, but, like, anytime, like, I get one of those pages where I talk, talk to him in your cabin, I, I go up and do that. I don't huh, remember yeah. the time capsule scene, but... Well, so, and so she's, yeah, she's putting together, and then she asks Shepard, how does he want to be remembered? And you have a choice of, he decides how he's remembered, which is hilarious to me. But he'd be like, I want to be a badass. <laughs> but, um... And then he can tell her that she gets to decide, or he gets to pick, just be honest. I said, just be honest. Yeah, I think that's what Nick picked. Because yeah. I'm a I'm a renegade and I I'm fine with the choices that I've made. So I so. Am I the only one that played as a Femshep or did ever like did anybody else play as a Fem I wonder if I want to go back I and play default the whole series as Femshep. So I'm bad. going to go back and play the whole thing as a Fem as as Parafemshep as a Paragon. And I want to I want to do different choices. I want to kill Rex, I want to save Kaiden. I don't know if I could kill Rex though. I like Rex. <laughs> But I probably should do it. Oh, real quick, what I wanted to mention, uh, what I brought up Kelly for is, you know, you see her in the refugee camp, and, you know, Cerberus is, like, after her, so you can tell her to change yeah. her identity. So she changes her hair color and everything. Then later on, she talks to you again after she changes her identity and everything, and she admits that she was um, sending reports to the elusive man um, yeah. while yeah. in Mass Effect 2. If you, and this is what happened, if you yell at her and, like, are mean to her about it, you come back later, and she has killed herself. Yeah. She took cyanide pills and she killed herself. Yeah. Damn, dude. I felt so fucking bad. Oh, wait, she, <laughs> like, you made her kill herself? I didn't know that's what she was going to sure? do. She's spying on me to the elusive man. Of course <laughs> I'm going to yell at her. Uh, did you guys save? Well, Anthony, I wonder what would have happened on yours since you didn't get this Samara mission, really. Um, at the end of the that mission... Oh, wait, so did you not get it at all, the Samara mission in Mass Effect 3? I did not get a Samara mission at all. I just got... Um, it's the one with the Banshees in the school. Oh, yeah, I got that, but she was not there. Okay, at the end of that one, because uh, it's her daughter's or whatever, and she thinks her daughter's about to turn, and it's a pretty crazy scene. Like, she thinks her daughter's about to turn, and she says, my, you know, the Justicar code requires me to kill her, and I'm not going to kill another one of my daughters. So she pulls a gun on herself. And you have a very quick Paragon interrupt option to, like, stop her. Otherwise, she just shoots herself. Oh, wow. It's kind of nuts. <laughs> Man, they really wanted to wipe out everybody from Mass Effect yeah. 2, didn't they? What's funny is, is I'll read the dialogue scene sometimes. And, like, if I'm in a rush, like, if I need to go or something. I think this one, I was really tired or something. You hit the button and to skip it. I hit the level. button to skip it, right? And so yeah, I'm, like, too. reading it, and I hit the button to skip it. And then it does a close-up of her face. And I can't see the gun. I didn't know there was a gun there. It was a close-up of her face, and a Paragon interruption was, was flashing. And I was like, oh, and I just did it. And then Shepard runs up and stops her from shooting herself. I was like, oh, shit. I had no idea. <laughs> like, I had no idea that's what I was interrupting. I'm really glad I did it. Hmm. No, I didn't get that. All I got was the very the big shock of Morinth as a Banshee on Earth. I have to which say was that very the, shocking. The, the Banshee level was terrifying. It was actually really freaky. And those those yeah, enemies but... are like that's I, I was telling Eddie I don't remember Mass Effect one or two having anything scary like that, but Banshees freaked the shit out of me. 
I was getting some like Dead Space vibes from from the yeah. band sheets. Not like it ripped it off or anything, but I was just like scared in space. Oh my god, you know. <laughs> Scary space. So, so is that one of the space, dead space. That one of the Spice Girls. <laughs> a little bit. So Mitch is pointing out that, that we've been talking for about thirty minutes. Ginger now. space. So do we want to <laughs> switch over to talking about the ending now, or do we want to keep going on on this tag? Um, I don't know. We, we can pick up this other stuff next week. Yeah, uh, that's true. With the with next Nick. pack, yeah. Because we, we can go round and round about this game. Oh yeah, I'm sure. We'll, yeah, we'll, 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 this, we'll, we'll I want to talk about. Yeah, this will be a special short episode, and we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll have plenty more to talk about. A couple of quick things about the ending, non-spoiler-free, before I go. Mm-hmm. Um, just about the controversy and stuff. I, I know we've got people on our site that sympathize with it. Um, I, I know nothing. I've managed to stay away from it completely. Um, just because once I heard that there was such a hubbub, I'm like, I want to go into this completely like unsullied like as much as possible. Um <laughs> By the way, it was upsetting to me that there was such a hubbub that when I got to the ending that I was sitting there like, all right, show me what you got. Like, I didn't get to experience it pure. I had to deal with all the, the – I was prepared for shit. You know what I mean? That's really annoying. But anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And so it's, it's, it's so interesting to me that, like, that, that this has reached the level of fervor that it has. I think part of it is just Bioware fans. I think Bioware fans might be the craziest fans on the Besides internet. Besides George R. R. Martin fans. Yeah. Ooh. They're probably both at once, though. Let's yeah. Be, yeah. Let's be – Let's be frank. Raise your hand yeah. if you're a George R. R. Martin fan, and that's the sound of all four of us raising our hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just I think that they have like a special brand of insanity. Um, Lin sanity. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I haven't said anything this entire cast. I'm sorry. No, no, I know. I, I, didn't, I know. I was. I feel bad. Talk more. That's cool. Um, I know Mitch isn't a huge fan of the ending. You don't hate it, right? No, I don't hate it. Yeah, you don't hate it. I know Nick really liked it. Nick actually liked it a lot. So, so here's the interesting thing. Because my, Nick is a robot. <laughs> I liked it a lot too, and so, I, it might be brilliant. So I my, decided. Bro- my brother beat the game about a week ago, and as we were talking about it, I was like, "Look, just just tell me the ending." I just decided to because I was starting to realize after playing about a little bit more than half of it that all the stuff I was enjoying was the gameplay and catching up with the the characters. And I didn't really give a shit about the ending. I was literally <laughs> yeah. like, okay, I get more than 30 hours of really awesome gameplay and so many cool character moments. Like, you, Eddie, you said you almost got misty-eyed. I think I did get misty-eyed about yeah. like. No, I, I, I definitely got misty-eyed during the Liara time capsule scene. I, I can tell you there, there's a, a part near when the game was ending, like in the ending, like I almost like lost it. Like I was just like, oh God, oh God. But, but so. So, so that's the thing. I had him tell me the actual like nitty-gritty of the very last scene, the so controversial final scene. And I was like, okay, that sounds kind of dumb from a story structure perspective, maybe. Because his, his argument was that the ending doesn't make sense based on what you spend all the game doing. So you spend all your time trying to get war assets, and then the actual ending is <coughs> something completely different from whether or not you got the war assets. And so that was his criticism. And I feel like that's that's not spoilery. <laughs> yeah. But um, so he told me the actual ending because I, I thought to myself, the best way to diffuse any expectations about it is to know what happens ahead of time. Um, just as, like, I feel that's good from a story perspective anyway. Like I'm, I'm more willing to watch something analytically than, than I think a lot of people would, would 
who complain about spoilers that they're like, oh, it's ruined. Well, I'm willing to watch something and, and look and see how it worked. And the funny thing is, I thought the ending was great. <laughs> I thought the last, like, seriously, the last couple hours of the game, I thought they were fantastic. I have no problems with the ending actually having seen it. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It seems like everything I'm hearing, the only thing I know is that there's a beam, and I don't want to know anything about the beam. But everyone that complains is like, I'm fine with everything up until the beam. Really? So, yeah, that's, that's the thing I keep hearing is like, once the beam happens, I don't, it's all stupid. It's once you go, I think once you go up, up the platform, it's all stupid, if you guys know what I'm talking about. So, I know what you're talking about. Um, well, let's I talk don't... a little bit more about the controversy, and then I'll get out. Yeah, sorry, Eddie. <laughs> you know there's a platform, oh God. Ruined. Well, uh, so, yeah, it's, it's funny that so many people are flipping out about literally what is the last five minutes of a 35 hour game well and like they released Slayer of the Shadow Broker and like it's Bioware like you know there's going to be some DLC Yeah. You know I mean like you know something else has got to be coming from this so I don't I just don't see the point of completely losing it but then also like I don't know, like, if you hate it, like, don't buy any more of their stuff. Like, <laughs> I just don't, like, if it, if it ruined everything for you, then don't buy it. Let's say next... you've played all three games and, you know, they took you, let's conservatively say, 30 hours to beat each game. Uh, that is 90 hours, right? Conservatively. The last 10 minutes of a 90-hour journey yeah. ruins everything for you? Seriously? What are you, fucking five? Yeah. Like, well, like I mean, you, can be under, you can be upset about this ending, but if it, like, just destroyed everything for you, Maybe you shouldn't exist in the world so, because and, and not I prepared really, for life. I really have this strong feeling that a lot of the people that are so upset about it are not upset about it from a structural or a storytelling perspective. They're upset because they couldn't prevent bad things from happening. Yeah. People died, and you aren't given a rosy, happy ending necessarily. Like you, you don't you don't get to a point where you you can fix the world and the reapers you know oh god those millions of people that died on earth didn't ha that didn't happen that's you know I feel like they're, they're reacting to their hope that they were going to be able to save the universe and you get the scene at the end of Star Wars where all the uh, well and that's what they keep they keep saying that they one of the things I keep hearing and they complain about is they want a more heroic ending and then also that they want to feel like all their decisions mattered in the ending. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like, so I, I think I it's people understand. that make good decisions, and I feel like so much of the games have been classified by, like, um, like having to make really shitty decisions. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, sometimes you're choosing the lesser of two evils. And you're sitting there, st like, there have been decisions where I stare at the screen for several minutes. And all the Genophage, games. the Genophage yeah. decision in this game drove me crazy because I was like, I don't want to unleash the Krogan on the world, but then... Yeah, like I said, Morden convinced me that it would be okay. I mean, that, it, that Eve would change them. If you if you think about it, Mass Effect Three, the entire game is a series of dozens of endings. Yeah, like a dozens and dozens of story arcs that are wrapping up. And if you think that the only the very last ending matters, you're you're missing out on so many great stories yeah. that that are told over the course of those three games. Like the. Like the Korean, the Cor yeah, the Genophage and the Korean Geth story is like a huge ending that I thought they nailed. Yeah, that was you know? amazing. I thought, yeah, I thought that, yeah, those were, those were great. And, and so it's so, those. like... Well, even the Asari thing about, like, the Asari being the most technologically advanced and the way Thessia, we haven't even talked about Thessia, really. Yeah. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, like even that's, like, a little thread that they've been holding on to for the first game. And then to see the Asari kind of go down 
as as they've been kind of sitting on their high horses. You know what I mean? Like yeah, because Nightwing shows up and ruins everything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but um, it's, it's like a fundamental misunderstanding of storytelling yeah. for them to expect that. Like, were these people seriously thinking that the game would have like a hundred different endings or something? I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I want to know, like, in terms of like does, defeating the of. Reapers, what what possible final choice could there have been? that would have encompassed every decision you've made like yeah. or even like that doesn't there, there's no way that that makes even less sense than what actually happened yeah. and then the other thing is they said well it doesn't matter if you're a renegade or a paragon or, no because sometimes it just comes down to you can't prevent certain things from from happening it doesn't matter if you're a renegade or a paragon like yeah like if like, the reaper like when the reapers go you mean like when the reapers go down like it's it's going to be bad and have consequences yeah, see, like, like, I, I don't know what they were expecting it. because I didn't have any expectations. I didn't try to like anticipate or think about what they would do. I just tried to experience it. You know, okay. like I never sat there and was like, "Oh, I wonder what they're going to do." I was just like, "Just bring it to me and I'll play it." Like, here's some things that I'm kind of feeling like the game is pointing to, and I don't want you to tell me. I mean, I, I'll, I'll probably get a reaction of some kind if I'm, but like I, something they mentioned in the first game that they haven't really brought back and hasn't been an issue in the third game yet um, is that the the Reapers would shut down the Mass Effect relays whenever they would come back. Like, that was a big thing. Like, that was how they were so efficient, is they would shut down the Mass Effect relays. And right, they the, show up at the Citadel, they destroy, like, the yeah. center of galactic civilization, yeah, I, I and they shut down the relays. Yes, yeah, and they would, cut off, they would cut off everybody from everything. Um, and then, like, the fact that you have to destroy, destroy one of the Mass Effect relays in the DLC to stop the Reapers from coming. In the arrival uh, DLC. Yeah, in the arrival DLC or whatever. I just I, I feel like there's something because they've stopped the keeper thing from happening on the citadel in this cycle because that's the whole thing me and Nick were talking about. This cycle repeats itself every fifty thousand years and it it's always bad. It's always terrible. So something has to be different about this cycle to stop it. Right. So my thing was either they don't stop the cycle or if they do, something really terrible is going to have to happen to stop it. You know what I mean? So I feel like there's something terrible coming, and I feel like the Mass Effect relays are going to be part of that. And I feel like maybe the Citadel even, but I feel like something's going to happen with the Mass Effect relays. It's going to be a big deal. Um, and and I don't know. I'm looking so, forward so to it. I think, I think the thing is, is that you're approaching it definitely from a storytelling perspective. And I think that that's, it's really the, the, the criticism is all on an emotional level. Like I think yeah. the people that are, are screaming about it are confusing emotions with you know bad writing. I think they also rush through it, honestly. Because all, yeah, everyone, that, everyone that's been screaming about the ending finished it within the first week, and everyone that I've been reading reactions from since then, like on Twitter and on, yeah, yeah it took more time, and they all seem fine with it. You know, I mean, like if you rush through this game in like four days, and then it's over, I can see how. I mean, you know. I'm betting yeah, I mean, rush through it didn't talk to all. Like, I mean, I I took longer than some, you know, than the other guys, and I I didn't talk to everybody. You you're taking longer than me, and you're actually talking to people. So. Yeah. Right, I mean, I got it on the 6th, I beat it on Sunday, whatever that date was, so, you know, uh, Sunday was the 18th, so it took me, you know, two weeks, about 12, 12 days, yeah. you know, like, that. that's actually really fast for me, um, but, like, and one of the things, too, I, maybe, what you're seeing also on Twitter, Eddie, is people now beat it and expecting, like, something really horrible and they're like oh well that wasn't so bad yeah <laughs> you know yeah and that was kind of why I, wanted and that's to, I actually wanted to be spoiled so that it you know i could approach it more 
like it, take the emotion out of uh, and just watch it unfold and yeah. see yeah, yeah. And, and watching it unfold and, and expecting something really bad to happen or everything like look the ending I, I like the ending uh, I think it could be really really good depending on how you look at it um, I, there are some issues with it no matter what there are some things that don't make sense um, but you know the way I look at the ending like I can reconcile those and, and you remember Eddie I told you my biggest fear was I wasn't going to find out about like my decisions like you know will the the krogan since yeah, I what happened to page, the krogan like yeah, how are they going to come back they and ravage the galaxy and everything like that the way it ends that has been addressed in a way so hmm. i actually didn't even yeah i didn't even feel that that have a problem with like what happens next i, I kind of felt that, like, that was my biggest concern i wanted to know like yeah do my choices in this game did my matter? choices in yeah. this game matter because i'm making big galactic decisions and i just wanted to see and they were they were kind of addressed because huh. of certain things eddie should probably drop out soon because we're yeah I'm, I'm just about to drop out there was something i was going to say about oh like it, it's kind of like i mean people the thing about endings is they're tricky to land they just are um but then on top of that like everyone because everyone's got all these expectations or whatever but i think about like the two things that i've been involved in that have ended um I, the third one I, the one i've missed out on is the sopranos because i wasn't i wasn't watching the sopranos or anything but like lost and like harry potter and i remember when harry potter ended there was this, I mean, I, I know a lot of people that hate the seventh book, like hate, 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 hate it. Um, and, but there are a lot, I remember a lot of people hated the way it ended because they felt like, well, we've got to know all these characters. We don't know how, how everything turned out for some of them. And I'm like, well, it's because it's over. You know what I mean? Like, well, it's, and also the story like it's, was it's Harry's. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's Harry's story. It's not n nearly headless Nick's story. Yeah. And, and I remember it got to the point where she finally like read kind of what she had charted out and wrote about everybody, you know. And people were like, they should, well, she should have put that in the book. I'm like, no, she shouldn't have. Like like you said, it's Harry's story. But then also, like, Lost was another one that, when that ended, like, just, like, the, the ridiculousness. And that one I can see is a little bit more warranted. I actually don't really have too much of a problem with the finale of Lost. I have a problem with the final season of Lost. <laughs> I thought the finale was, was decent. Um, because it addressed kind of what we were talking about here. Like the most important thing to address with Mass Effect 3 for me was the characters. Um, and I feel like Lost Finale did that. I, I actually feel like, on balance, right now, I think Mass Effect 3 is the best of the three. Nice. I, would, I, 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 still, feel it's, I still feel it's two, but, you know. Because I, I do have some issues with this, like, that we didn't need stuff we didn't get to, like the Shepard overhearing quests in the Citadel... Oh it's god, just, it's bad. But that happens in two. But the fact that it's the only way you interact. It's the only way you, you get quests. It's either their version of streamlining it because they think we don't want to stop and talk to people, or it's just lazy. You know, yeah. it's, it, depending on how you look at it, it's just it's just weird. They don't really explain it. Like based on the quest log, I'm gonna go with lazy because the quest log doesn't even. The quest it's log is actually terrible. you could have the item and you don't know. The yeah, it's, it's, it's if very you go terrible. Back to the Citadel and you see that guy's name on the map. That means you go talk to him because you got a shit. Yeah, it, it's pretty that. silly. I will direct this personally. Jeff, tell me what ending you chose. Okay, so of the three options, um, you know the the control, destroy, and synthesize. I chose synthesize. Incorrect. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because I was thinking about. I was like, you know what? And also, I, I it, this was also at the point where I was already just like, oh god, I'm an asshole. I need to hurry up and finish this fucking game so I can get upstairs and be on the podcast. Hey, uh, no. Don't pin this on us. Yeah. No, I fit, I'm pinning it well, on me. You. I pinning I'm pinning it on me for being the asshole and taking so long, <laughs> um, and the game for being so long after a certain point. But um, no, uh, 
because I, I was thinking about it and it seemed like controlling the the reapers was a bad idea because that was like the path that um the elusive man went down and destroying them would destroy the geth and i didn't want to destroy the geth are you guys still on your uh-huh. yeah very quiet all right um so i didn't want to destroy the geth after all that that rigmarole about the quarians and and like that whole history there i didn't want to lose the geth and so it seemed like the only good option was the synthesis okay all see right. i chose Mid- i chose control and i chose destroy hmm. that's interesting so- see now on my second playthrough that I'm doing right now, I'm going to choose destroy because I think that's the right option it upon is, further is, review. So, it so, is the correct option. So, so we'll Mitch, why, why did you why did you why did you choose control? Um, I was hovering between control and synthesis for a couple minutes before I decided to do control. The thing about the ending of the game is, I think it's a trick. I think that. It shows yeah, the blue paragon color for control, but it shows the elusive man doing it, and it shows the red uh, renegade color for destroy, but it shows Anderson doing it. So I think that's swapped by on purpose by the game designers. So I thought I was I thought I was making a paragon choice to control the reapers and just have them leave. But seeing that that's the direction the elusive man would have gone, and basically that's handing over the handing over victory to the reapers, and so is synthesis. Yes. You, you think so? Um, yes. Yeah, um, Jeff, uh, I'd emailed you about it. I guess you didn't. Ch- I chose destroy because my, my shepherd, his mission was to destroy the Reapers, and by God, he was going to do it. <laughs> um, and I thought it was weird that, that Anderson was the renegade option. Jeff, um, have you heard about the indoctrination theory? Okay, no. So what's the indoctrination theory? Okay, I'm very excited about this because I really think this is the ending of the game. Well, the problem is it means Bioware is going to screw us with some DLC. Um Basically, indoctrination theory is after Shepard gets hit by the beam, everything that happens after that takes place in his mind. It is the Reaper's attempt to indoctrinate him. That he's been the child he saw at the beginning of the game. Nobody else sees that child, even though Anderson's in the room with him when he's talking to him when he's in the vent. And um, nobody sees him get on the ship. Nobody helps him get on that shuttle that gets explodes. Um, and one of the things in the Codex, if you read, it says... Um, one of the effects of indoctrination is seeing ghostly images, huh. and you talk you talk to a ghostly image of that child. Now, and also in Shepard's dream, all he sees are ghostly images. Right, 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 ghostly right. images, and one of the things too that it's in this uh, video I sent um, Mitch is the Rachni in the first game are talking about when they fought the Reapers and like I guess started to become indoctrinated. They saw they said something about oily shadows in the forest. Shepard always sees oily shadows, um, you know, like silhouettes of people and everything. But what's interesting to me, the, the thing that like confirms it is when Shepard and the elusive man and Anderson are in the room and they're talking and Shepard, the elusive man has control of them. When he makes Shepard shoot Anderson, you hear two grunts of pain. You hear Shepard's voice and Anderson's. And then after Anderson dies, you see Shepard has a wound in the exact same spot on his body because that was basically – Anderson is the unindoctrinated part of his psyche and the elusive man is the part of his mind that's already been indoctrinated and it's it's the struggle between those two. So when you make your final choice, um, if you choose control or synthesis, which basically keeps the the synthetics of the Reapers still around, Shepard's eyes, just before he finally dies or disappears, turn blue like Saren's and the elusive man's were blue. But... If you choose the destroy option, like I did, like a pimp, um, 
after all that stuff happens, you know, and unfortunately the Geth die, Edie goes away and isn't there anymore. Um, the, there's a scene of the rubble on earth, like in London, like it's stony rubble. It's not like shiny, like, you know, the Chrome, like the Citadel or whatever. So it's clearly on earth. You see Shepard's body, you see like an N7 dog tag, and then you see him breathe in like he's alive. That's how, and that's how my game ends. So basically the theory is that all that was indoctrination and that we'll get the rest of the ending of the saga of what happens to the Reapers through future DLC, which is disappointing to say the least. But if that is the ending that, you know, all that takes place in your head, because one of the other things too, is when Shepard wakes up, you know, as he's, he's staggering around, you can hear, um, what's that guy's name? Coates. Um, the British guy, you can hear him yeah. saying yeah. Yeah. our entire force is decimated retreat, but Shepard's walking around. They don't see Shepard walking around. Yeah, and, and how then, did Anderson make it to the Citadel before him? Right. And Anderson makes it to the panel before him, even though he says he followed him in, but they didn't see Anderson either. And there's only one path to get to that panel. Yeah. And um, so there's a lot of things that only make sense if you say this happens in Shepard's mind. Uh, in which case, I think it's the most brilliant video game ending of all time. <laughs> even if it means I'm going to have to pay DLC to see the real ending. So, so see, that's, that's funny because... Uh... It just makes me think of Minority Report, which I argue has an ending that happens entirely in the, the main character's head, but mm-hmm. it never clues you into that. And so none of my friends believe me. Uh, I wouldn't be like I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if they leave that open ended just for that reason. So that you can I feel like it. to save themselves, even if they didn't intend it, they might say, oh, yeah, that's what we meant. <laughs> Like if I find out if they come out like in April and say that no the indoctrination theory is inc- is, is wrong it's not what we intended at all I'll probably throw myself off a building. Yeah, it's, it's he's the, not indoctrinated. We just executed it really shittily. We we just did like I like I will lose all hope because it's the only thing that's making me sane because I think that is really smart. So there's like a twenty. I'll send you the link to it. There's like a twenty minute video on the internet that explains oh, it. God, like, I'm not gonna watch a twenty minute beautifully. Video on that. Yes, you are. Fuck, yes, no, you fuck are. that. I'll tell there's you. Also that. A, there's also a Google document you can read. Oh bullshit! So. No, not even gonna touch that. I, if you send me that email, I'll burn my computer. <laughs> <laughs> Sent. <laughs> Aww. End of. But call. um. No. But 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 retake but retake Jeff's talking, computer. But my point with talking with Eddie about like my concerns about the. Uh, you know, I won't get to find out what happens to the Krogan and everything like that. Uh, that was sort of settled because the Mass Effect relays are destroyed, so they can't take over the galaxy yeah, even if they wanted no, to. Exactly. No so one it, can it, do anything. They're all stuck on Earth. They're all stuck on Earth, and the people that are, you know, back on their home planets are they're in no condition to start building faster than light drives. So, I mean, that's the thing that they they do still have some ships with faster than light. It's that they they they, they, they don't they can't instantaneously it'll take them right. like hundreds of years to right. get right. to different places um yeah i mean like the krogan could get back to their home planet because the krogan system is really close to if earth you think about it the quarians all have live ships so you know they, they can yeah. just peace out yeah go on yeah but, go on the long haul and... but the, you know the galaxy is is changed now and everything it did so it sort of solved the not in the way i wanted it to but it did answer that question now the thing that doesn't make sense is all the stuff with the normandy like why is the normandy why are the crew members that were with you a second ago now on the Normandy, and why are they ret- like running? What some people have allegedly found is some on the PC version is some audio files of Harbinger chasing after the Normandy, um, and that's why they're running, uh, and that's how they get caught up into the Mass Effect relay. And presumably with DLC, we'll find out what happens on that planet. But you know, also at the end, the 
what's his name? The Stargazer, voiced by Buzz Aldrin, which is kind of cool. Um, oh, I thought, yeah, I thought his voice was familiar. Yeah. Um, you know, at the end, he says, you know, we have time for one more story. Mm-hmm. That sounds like, stay tuned for DLC. Well, or, yeah, you know, a, if God that... loves me, Mass Effect 4. I thought that was kind of a cool way. I mean, I, I know it's kind of shameless at the same time, but I, I thought if you were going to be shameless about DLC, that was the best way to be shameless about it. Yeah, <laughs> well, it was... then they then they have that fucking like text message that goes like, you can continue to build the Legend of Shepard in DLC. <laughs> they tell you at the end of the game that there's going to be DLC. So I, I do think the indoctrination theory is, is interesting, and I think that it could be valid at, at parts. I, I definitely see what you're saying about the end game, but... Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. The problem with the indoctrination theory is that it means that the that is the ending to the game, but not the ending to the story, and the ending to the story will come in DLC, in which case Bioware will really have some problems on their hands. <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking with all of this stuff. Like, I, you know, like how could all these people sit in a room say, "Okay, this is the ending to our game," and no one speak up and be like, "Uh, guys." No, no, that might be upset. I, I sincerely doubt that. I mean, because. Evan had a good point. How do you top Mass Effect 3? Like, I, I feel like they, they did a pretty good job of raising the stakes pretty high. I, I'm i actually really glad... Like, I would prefer that that be the actual ending, to be honest. I don't... Like, I want to see some more side stories, but I, I, I'm guessing that any DLC we get is probably going to be, you know, stuff that happened before the actual end game. I don't think we're going to get post-story DLC. Um, like a lair of the shadow broker. Yeah, I don't think. We're I feel gonna... like we might. I I I don't know. I just feel like that is. I I think that's unlikely. We we should do like a percentages on that. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I don't mind. I don't mind the idea that Shepard died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, no, I, I kind of feel like the I kind of feel like the post credit shot in London is kind of a cop out. In a I way, did, like, I actually did not get that post credit shot in London. You only do that if you do destroy. You only do that if you do destroy. Because yeah, because he had the other two the ones, he gets disintegrated. <laughs> Mitch, what did you think about the ending? I actually I haven't got your opinion. Like, tell me what what you actually thought of the ending. I liked the ending of the game. I just thought it was executed really poorly because mm-hmm. I I kind of think that like the faceless entity entity explaining everything to you is kind of like a pretty worn out cliche like i remember that's why a lot of people like didn't like contact or whatever that movie was is because like her dad came out and said like yeah and said like well i'm gonna dumb this down for you and like exposition exposition (laughs) exposition yeah i feel like having like some sort of like deity explain you know this is why we're doing this is kind of a poor way to do it and also the the conversation that you have with a star child or whatever the internet calls it is like kind of straightforward and not very mass effecty so yeah literally uh deus ex machina yeah yeah there is yeah literally yes one of the things that (laughs) didn't like harbinger or saren or one of them say that like you know our motives are too vast for you to comprehend yeah the the little kid was able the little kid was able to explain it in about two and a half minutes yeah, Saren said that in like a couple. No, not Saren. I'm sorry. Sovereign said that when you were talking Sovereign. to him on Fire. He's like, you can't understand why we do what we do. And then the yeah. kid is like, yo, dog. I heard you don't want to be killed by synthetics, so I made synthetics to kill you every fifty thousand years, so you don't get killed by synthetics. Yeah, the most advanced ones, so you don't kill all organic life. And then, of course, the argument of that is, why don't you just come and kill all the synthetics? So, um, so to be frank, I'm not entirely sure that the plotting has ever been that great in any of the Mass Effect games. Well, I think, one of the things I think they've is, always been better at character development than plot. 
Yes, I, I I do agree with you about that. And they, you can do small, like the the small the Quarian and the Geth. They can do the smaller things, but the overall story is not quite as strong. And um, one of the things that uh, the original the, the writer said was um, the writer who was for the first two games, but not for the third one. Uh, he said that the uh, they were setting up a lot of stuff about dark energy in Mass Effect Two, and then it kind of got abandoned in Mass Effect Three. Uh, there's a lot of I think Mitch and I. We're talking about this a little bit in the email. There's a couple storylines that just felt like they fell by the wayside that they had built up in the previous two games, and then just oh well, well never like, mind. Like what? Uh, well, the Rachni for one, like just as a small, you know, uh, one. Like they they made a big deal about that, and then it turns out just like oh, it betrays you or it doesn't. Like your your choice didn't really mm-hmm. matter in that. So but I, I didn't really think the Rachni and the collector big. the collector base. The collector base and uh, yeah, whether or not you, whether you chose to destroy that or not. Yeah, um, if I think if you like didn't blow it up, if you gave it to Cerberus, then you got like minus a hundred on your war asset thing. That <laughs> was it's, like I think the it's only like, difference. I think it's made. a ten point difference. It's I think a, it's a like hundred. I think it's like a hundred or hundred and ten. Jesus, I, yeah. I feel like that's what it is. So then, you can then, you can gain that back by scanning for like ten minutes. And I still prefer scanning a Mass Effect two to Mass Effect three, but yeah, so okay. do I. So so it's it's funny that that those things bothered you because I didn't even think about that like the the rachni or the collector base i was just like eh. well the rachni was one of those things that i was always because i chose to kill them and i was always like is that going to come back to bite me in the ass in mass Effect? yeah i, cho- I chose this like, uh, like it always bothered like kept me up at night i'm like man really? maybe i should save them and then it turns out no it wasn't that big of a deal but see, i feel yeah, like i, 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 I was over saving them because they were like you know they made a big deal about how dangerous the rachni were it was a now, huge deal in the first game yeah and i was like well fuck it i'm gonna save them because you know, they owe me now, and then it's just like, yeah, we can send a hundred points worth of Rack Knight to the Crucible. Yeah, I was that was, li- that was it. That was all you I was get. A disappointed by that, yeah. Yeah, because they like they're a massive hive mind intelligence. I can build like spacefaring ships, and they were able to challenge the Krogan, and like you yeah. get nothing out of it. <laughs> and the uh, Jeff, the the dark energy uh, plot. What I guess originally the final choice. Was, this is from Drew. Carpersharon, I don't know how to say his last name. Carpshan. Um He said that the final choice was originally uh, supposed to be up, that dark energy was going to destroy all life in the galaxy, and the Reapers were all these like civilizations that had fused together to figure out a way to stop it, and they would harvest the most advanced civilizations every fifty thousand years or so in order to figure out a way to stop it, like to to add those people's knowledge and technology to them to see if they could stop dark energy. So your final choice was to be, do you let humanity be harvest harvested in order to stop dark energy? Or do you say no? And you try to figure out with all the, the Krogan and the Turians and the Asari to figure out a way to stop dark energy yourself in the little time you have left. That was what he says in an interview was the original. I um, feel like that's a, non, that's a non choice though. Like that, that's, that's barely a decision. Yeah, like, and also, Mass Effect has always been about organics versus synthetics. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's a big dynamic in that, and I feel like the dark energy gets away from that, and I feel like this ending is a little bit more in keeping with the main theme of the the series. Yeah. No, absolutely. And they, and they do, and the and the Star Kid does touch on the fact that the Reapers are, you know, conglomerates of former races, and you cover that right. in two when you find the human Reapers. So they do touch on that. Yeah, and when you find out that the collectors were actually the Protheans, you know, you can see like, oh, well, all these people came from other things so i mean i i like the ending as it is if the indoctrination thing is true then i think it's brilliant and regardless 
I'm I'm fine with it because I enjoyed the journey. Like no matter what, I had a great time with Mass Effect, and I don't want it to end. I want more. I want more games. I want more iPhone apps. You know. <laughs> so I think oh, the iPhone app is kind of annoying, actually. Like that it, it gives you like like less than a percent. <laughs> For six hours of, of mission time or something, I get one point six percent for five hours. What are you talking? About? I tried, I've upgraded yeah, I, a lot. I tried. I get to like two percent. No, I tried to do it, but I think Mitch probably you you spent far more time doing it than I did because yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, and I'm right. I'm right behind him. Actually, it's time to check mine right now. Uh, yeah, see, I used I love, to do mine just, like three times a day, but I only check it twice. Now that I've got it like hovering around ninety nine percent. Now see, only the game yeah. is like secondary i just wanted the codex so so here's my thing i actually would like them to do something kind of like what um ken levine has done with uh bioshock infinite and make a sort of spiritual sequel rather you know i'd I'd like to see them make another space opera game with some of the same sensibilities rather than feeling tied to the mass effect universe now whether ea is down with that is a whole other thing but i feel like you could make i mean this is this is the kind of um universe that you can make many tips many different types of games in different genres it doesn't necessarily have to be the rpg with the choices and everything you can make an rts you can make a first person shooter you could well, you know so, uh, so space well, flying. given given the ending that they had it's not out of the realm of possibility that you can see what happens in that universe after like, like another thousand years later or something like that yeah like maybe turians and humans found out how to breed now you've got this race that's like a turian human but you don't know <laughs> i don't know i'm just i'm just two, spitball two man yeah <laughs> tour man but you know they leave they leave the universe in a place where you can conceivably pick up like a thousand years later and like like get hints that it's the same universe right yeah i feel like that's the the spiritual sequel in a way it's like you know it's in the same world thousands of years have passed and maybe somebody has figured out another technological advance that that has sort of opened up uh space travel again you know or maybe you even jump jump another like tens of thousands of years in the future i mean yeah I mean, we're we're dealing with 50,000 year span of times when it comes to the reapers so I mean, there's that, no reason so that it has to be a small actually, jump that's actually one of the cool things about make which makes me think of peter f hamilton um one of the the important parts of his books or the series that i've read so far is that um basically humans are immortal because the science has come around to uh, extend life almost endlessly and if you die you can be cloned and sort of relived after having your memories backed up and it's interesting thinking about like a galactic society that could l- exist for thousands and thousands and thousands of years with continuity like that i mean it's like the the asari have that and i feel like that's sort of you know if, if you let that spread out over maybe tens of thousands of years you you might be able to, to jump to a place where humans in this you know, post mass effect world are, are, you know, closer to the Asari, like closer to that Ascension mm-hmm. level. Right. I mean, and one of the reasons the Asari are so advanced is just because they found the Prothean technology first. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. As the way I understand it. Um, so, and th- that's, what's kind of interesting about this ending is it destroys the mass effect relays. So you can no longer use the technology mm-hmm. of the Reapers to, sort of jumpstart your civilization like everybody's like okay you're all on your own now yeah. make your own destiny it's kind of cool when you think about it like that no that's actually like a really good way of putting it because no matter no matter what you choose the the relays are gone right so it just could have been conveyed a lot better i mean yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that's actually a bigger that's a bigger impact on the universe than whether or not like what you did with the reapers when it comes down to it 
Right. And one of the things that people say is, you know, like in the Arrival DLC, like Eddie mentioned, he was, he was really close to something there. Um, yeah, again, the I look at it, we're all like, uh, like not saying say nothing. Anything. He's like, I, I think that the call is disconnected. Um, <laughs> but in the Arrival DLC, when you destroy the Mass Effect relay, it destroys the solar system, which is what, you know, now people are saying like, well, it didn't destroy the solar systems um, when the Reapers destroyed. Maybe the Citadel has some sort of special technology to destroy it the right way without destroying. You know, you can make up anything else in your in your mind. Um, so, but that's one of the other things that people are nitpicking about is like, well, if the relays are destroyed, then all the solar systems are destroyed. But I mean, that that could only mean some of the planets were destroyed, not all the the populated planets. So, right, yeah. exactly. Well, Earth would be one of them. So, <laughs> was there a relay in the the Earth solar system? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. There's... One of Pluto's moons was actually a relay covered in ice uh, in the canon. Oh, fancy. You would, yeah. you would, you would know that, wouldn't you? <laughs> I, I actually would know that. I have read all the terrible, terrible books. Actually, two of them are okay. But the rest are of they, Which ones are good? Because I want to read one. Uh, the first and second ones are pretty good. I can't recall their titles right now. but So that, that's probably one of those things where it's kind of like how uh, when Stargate first started, every time you went through a Stargate, you came out the other side with uh, half-frozen with ice coming off of you. And then they stopped doing that effect because they, like, and supposedly the canon reason is because they improved how they interacted with uh, the Stargates. Like they improved their their controller code. <laughs> so it's maybe that maybe there's some like hand wavy a wizard did it explanation. <laughs> that, well, that's what a lot of the end of Mass Effect Three seems like is like a wizard did it. You know, <laughs> yeah. like if you do this and space magic and everything. <laughs> Yeah, synthesis. Well, like. so so the thing to keep in mind is is space opera is the more space magicy side of the continuum as far as science fiction goes. Like, right, it's not hard sci-fi. Yeah, traditional right, space I, opera I, is not is about like big fucking space battles with bad physics. <laughs> well, one of the things that made me nervous, the one up review I read before I finished the game said that the ending of Mass Effect Three introduces like uh, a, a layer of mysticism and everything and that kind of put me on edge right from the get-go before this hoopla started because i was like that hasn't really been a part of mass effect it feels a little matrixy to me uh midichlorians what what mm, no no I'm, I'm talking about mass effect like no i know i'm just saying that like, like when i think of uh, somebody injecting mysticism i think of star wars and midichlorians yeah midichlorians well, no, well, well uh, to me, midichlorians are injecting sci-fi into yeah. the mysticism that was the Force. It's actually that's, the opposite. That's probably correct. So yeah, that's why I was confused uh, by by your statement. Um, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to mm. be. Like when I met the Star Child. Um, that's such a dumb name, but that's what they're calling him. That's what the internet's calling him. I think he's just like I am the catalyst. Yeah. I think so. He's just he's yeah, the catalyst. Yeah, he's, he's the catalyst. Yeah, or but, or um, maybe even Harbinger, if the indoctrination theory is correct. Yeah. It, that's so so if yeah the, like when would Shepard have been indoctrinated in this theory at what point like uh, slow like slowly the slowly. entire mass effect series he's been coming into contact with reaper Reapers, technology and reaper like tech, and then in, in the arrival, arrival he was passed out for five days beside a unshielded reaper device hmm. so i mean there's the, um, slow there's a line we were i was joking with them earlier where vega on the ship says do you hear that hum and one of the things about reapers is like there's buzzing and um oh that's one of the the things that's in that video it's interesting when the kid is in the ventilation the air the air duct and um you know shepherd's talking to him and then anderson says shepherd come on and you know he looks towards anderson and then he looks back and the kid's gone you hear a reaper growl 
right then, um, which might be like the kid is part of the Reaper indoctrination right there. And the Reaper growl is like, oh, whoops. It says a failed attempt at indoctrination, which is apparently in one of the novels that Mitch may or may not have read. Um, yeah. I mean, like, obviously, that seems like grasping at straws. Yeah, exactly. How... You can, like, formulate yeah. whatever you want from it. But to me, the, the key things are it was weird that all of a sudden Shepard had a wound. I noticed it too when I first played it, not even thinking of indoctrination, that Shepard had a wound in the exact same spot that Anderson did. Yeah. Um, they, they did pan down to show you specifically that. Like, they, I felt like there was some... Th- and then there was the, the weird black lines creeping at your screen while the Reaper's growl was going on and everything. It felt like there were some subtle and then not so subtle hints at what was, what was happening. But yeah. you have to sort of... like If you just watch a YouTube video of the ending... With that in mind, you'll look back and you'll be like, "Oh yeah, that's." I mean, I can, I can, I can see what you're saying, but I'm also highly suspicious of uh, convoluted internet theories. <laughs> right, and, and one this, of the things this is that, as convoluted as it gets. It is, and one of the things that keeps me from like fully like, oh yeah, that's totally it. Is I've played a lot of video games, and like I never can tell when somebody's doing something deliberately or when they're just. Like, they ran out of time, they ran out of budget, they're incompetent. You know what I mean? I'm not saying anyone's incompetent that made this game, but, like, we've all seen bad video games. It's like, did they really intend for that? You know I, what I mean? I am, I'm almost entirely confident that there are points in this game where they ran out of time or ran out of budget, because that's just how video games work in this day and yeah. age. It feels like something that... The ending definitely feels like something that was jumbled together at the end, especially the Normandy scenes. Well, we've actually talked for thirty minutes just on the ending, so and we could probably yeah. talk a lot more about it. So but... we should we should probably go ahead and and wrap it up. And so that's the end of the Mass Effect three discussion and the end of the podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us this week. Um, to follow us on Twitter, you can go to twitter.com slash gamersushi. Follow me on twitter.com slash unsquare. Uh, to follow me, I am twitter.com slash anthony taylor underscore. I'm twitter.com slash mi7ch and to follow Eddie if you want to do such a thing it's twitter.com slash Eddie Rivas and twitter.com slash Nick Camardo for our absent bearded one and thank you for listening and we'll probably be back with more Mass Effect next week <laughs>